0: Hey San Diego First Church family, so good to be with you again. Uh, Pastor D and I, we are taking a look at our first, imp- taking a first impression of the passage that we're going to be looking at in Micah chapter 6, 1 through 8. This is going to be the sermon passage that we're going to be looking at this Sunday. Pastor D, how you doing this morning?
1: I'm doing great. Um, how can you not feel good about jumping into a book like micah
0: i know it's so fun <laughs> i and to be honest like for most people i mean when i started reading the bible seriously i had only read two sections of micah right chapter two and chapter six this passage in particular and if we know anything about the book of micah we might know the, one of the verses we're going to cover which is micah six eight which is a very well-known verse and we'll talk about it um But yeah, uh, Micah is a fascinating book
1: Yeah, let me also put everybody else at ease That this morning as I was opening up this passage To talk about uh, the passage with you I had a tough time finding it (laughs) (laughs) You did go,
0: is it behind Jonah? It's behind Jonah, I know you're there
1: (laughs) So for anybody who's listening along with us, take your time in finding Micah. It's a tiny little book in the yeah. Old Testament.
0: Yeah, it's only, what, eight chapters long, so or yeah. even it's longer than that. 12, it's not Isaiah. It's not the right. book of Psalms. Right, right, right. right. Uh, I will read the passage for us just so that we all kind of have a first impression together of this passage. Uh, I'll be reading from the NRSV. Here is Micah. Chapter six, starting in verse one, going to verse eight. Hear what the Lord says. Rise, plead your case before the mountains, and let the hills hear your voice. Hear your you mountains, the controversy of the Lord, and you enduring foundations of the earth. For the Lord has a controversy with His people, and He will contend with Israel. O my people. What have I done to you? And what have I wearied you? Answer me. For I brought you up from the land of Egypt and redeemed you from the house of slavery. And I sent uh, before you Moses, Aaron, and Miriam. O oh, my people, remember now that uh, now what King Balak of Moab devised, what uh, Balaam, some of Baor, uh, answered him. And what happened from Shittim to Gilgal, that you may know the saving acts of the Lord? With what shall I come before the Lord and, and bow myself before God on high? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, with ten, thousand, ten thousands of rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? He has told you, O mortal, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you? But to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. So Pastor D, uh, as you read this, as you hear it read, what are your first impressions
1: Thanks, Matt. Um, First of all, I am taken with Micah's incredible ability to use metaphors Mm. um, to tell a story and to draw us into scenes. And this one for me that um, he is painting seems to be a picture of a courtroom case, Mm -hmm. but it's a courtroom that seems to be much larger than any building could ever contain, because the witnesses that are called are the mountains and the hillsides, and they're going to speak their observations yeah, of yeah. what God has done. Mm-hmm.
0: As if the land are witnesses.
1: Yes, right. which is probably something that is worth exploring um, at some point in the future, the way in which Land becomes a character mm-hmm. in the Old Testament. Oh, all the time. Yeah. So we don't have that same kind of feel in our culture this day. Um, though land is important. Um, land carried it seemed it colored the language of the people. it covered it, it colored the um, way by which um, they talked about covenants and relationships and all of those kinds of things. So um I, I love that they are called as witnesses. I also am intrigued. Um, I, I know that the passage begins, and I am not trying to water this down at all. But it begins with "Listen to what the Lord says," mm-hmm. and then Micah presents what the Lord is saying in this courtroom case. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of my first impressions, though, is believing that Micah is Holy Spirit inspired, but. It also feels like that prophets are given the privilege of saying what they want to say about mm-hmm. these things. So <laughs> yeah. this seems like there's a lot of Micah in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Uh-huh. Like,
1: like, here's what I really want to say to you, Israelites. <laughs> yeah. You're not paying attention to what God did for you in Egypt, to what he did with Balaam and Beor and Balak and... All of those things that have taken place in our history, come on. Let's yeah. hold a courtroom proceeding. Mm-hmm. Let God speak for God's self and let's try and stand up to this. So yeah. I feel like there's a whole lot of God's spirit in it and a whole lot of Micah in it in yeah. trying to proclaim this word.
0: Yeah, I felt I especially feel that in the exaggeration of the response of of Israel through the uh, through the mouth of Micah in yeah toward the end of yeah, the yeah towards the end uh, yeah. in verse six um, that there's just such like a do you need thousands of rams or thousands of rivers of of oil or the 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 first board of the fruit of my body like there's such a an exaggeration there that is fascinating it maybe feels like an exaggeration to me maybe it's more so just the like the Micah coming to terms with the weight of what is owed to God in this case. Uh, but I find the very same thing of like Micah's definitely like going for it here in the in the text in a way that I think even now, like is in, as in uh, one of the main metaphors, right, with um, in the Old Testament is that of a marriage, a marriage between uh, God and Israel. And so much of that kind of translates later into the New Testament that here's one of those moments where I can I can imagine myself with my own wife going like, well, what do you want? And I make these just hyperbolic, over-exaggerated things. And then Lindsay comes back with like, I just want you to be on time. <laughs> like, it's actually relatively simple what I'm asking for. Um, and it feels like, oh, and that's like, oh, yeah, like, that's right. Like, this is not a... This is a big deal, and it's not a big deal at the same time. What what God asks, is is asking for is not these massive, exuberant, like overly complicated ways of sacrificing, but rather to live a fairly simple pattern of life, which is yeah. you know all summarized there in verse eight.
1: Yeah, I love how um, Eugene Peterson. Translates the closing verse here, mm, yeah, okay. because I think it it applies to what you just said. I I think the way he says it is, don't take yourself too seriously. Take God seriously.
0: Mm. So
1: the notion of um, walk humbly with your God at the conclusion. Of all of this, it's like you just said. Oh, all you want from me is to just be attentive enough to be on time. Yeah. (laughs) That's all you're asking. Yeah. And sometimes in my relationship with God, I get so clouded with my own importance that I fail to remember God is just saying, I want your presence in my presence. Yeah. And for you to take that seriously. Yeah. And so I I think for me, there is this call to... Um, not try and rest on um, studying harder or disciplining myself even more to do mm-hmm. um, 10,000 rivers of oil of sacrifice. Yeah, yeah. But to just pause and say, oh, you just want to meet to be attentive and spend time mm-hmm. in your presence.
0: Yeah.
1: Whew. Not only is that overwhelming, but it's also
0: doable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Imagine that. Yeah. I, I and I wonder how specifically this the stories that get mentioned by Micah early on in kind of the accusation part of the of the court case where he mentions that he, he certainly, yeah, uh, we we can go back to the stories of the Exodus and coming out of the house of slavery from Egypt, and that he sent Moses and Aaron, Miriam. Uh, maybe it it'd be. I'm curious to go back to the the narratives of King Balak and uh, Balaam, and what happens in these two cities between Shittim and Gilgal. I, I'd be really interested to see how those narratives as well play into. Um, what truly God requires is, as you're mentioning, is is being in the presence, doing these very simple things, being in the presence of God and allowing that then to uh, shape and form how we treat our neighbors, how we, how we are being compassionate, how we're taking God seriously. I'd be curious to see how that those things connect.
1: Yeah, I do. I agree with you. I feel like that this is all part of Micah in Proclaiming this, listing as in a court case, all of the ways in which God has taken care of, protected, watched over through all of the machinations and manipulations of both um, the chosen people, but also those like the Midianites who are trying to Mm -hmm. undermine and destroy that relationship. And God is saying, in spite of all of those things, I've protected you again watched over you, again, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: drawn you close, again, foiled the efforts of enemies and outsiders, again. And it is like the courtroom is being overwhelmed by the evidence Mm -hmm. of God's passion for them. And so what is he asking of me? Mm And then the sweet close of this that we'll probably dig into more as time passes.
0: Yes. (laughs) And we'll probably jump into it on Sunday.
1: Sounds wonderful.
0: So good to be with you, Dee. Looking forward to uh, you preaching the word this Sunday.
1: Likewise. Thanks, Matt.